Welcome to Manager Tools. Feedback grace period. Here we go. So the question everybody wants to know, how long do you wait before giving negative feedback to a direct? I mean, a week, a month, a year? A year, that's a year. Because all you have to do is give them a review. At the end of the year, you're good to go. So two things I want to say about this guidance before we continue. First of all, we have other guidance about how many minutes, seconds, or hours, or days to wait before you give feedback on a particular instance. In other words, if Mike's my boss and I'm late to a meeting, is it necessary to give me immediate feedback? No, because I just fire you right away. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. And we have guidance on the length of time to wait once you've decided to give feedback. This is not that, okay? A grace period is, do you overlook an instance of potential negative feedback, giving your direct grace uh, and saying, I'll only talk to them if they do it a second time, I'll give them a chance to correct. To me, that's different than how long do you wait once you've decided to actually give feedback. The second thing I want to say is I alluded to this with the with the annual review thing. Um, I share this routinely with folks. I may have done it before in previous guidance, but I want to do it again because it's important. Most managers think of annual reviews as part of performance feedback. Folks, it's not. It has become that, but it would be helpful for you to understand the history. The first organization to ever use annual performance reviews was the U.S. Army. The reason they did it, and I, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to make the Army sound good. I'm just explaining the history of it. And they did it because they needed help. The Army needed help in succession planning. Uh, obviously, militaries of the world have unique succession planning issues relative to deaths while on the job. And generals and colonels need to know which lieutenants or which sergeants are ready to become lieutenants or captains if, in fact, their boss is lost in the line of fire. Consequently, they created annual reviews to say, how good are your officers? Originally, that was, it was just for officers. And it was never shared with the officer who was being reviewed. It was not. Performance reviews, annual performance reviews were invented never to be shared with the person who was being evaluated because it was an organizational system designed to provide information for effective succession planning. It was not designed to help develop the individual. That only happened in the last 50 years or so, and the reason it happened was because organizations were desperate to give anything at all to managers to help them give feedback to their directs. The annual review process, the idea that it's part of some helpful performance feedback system is ludicrous. Performance feedback has to happen fairly close to the performance. If you're thinking that part of your performance feedback is the annual review, that's not what your directs think. And if that's all you give or all you get from your boss, that tells you how corrupt, how awful, how decayed the system is. And... Our guidance on feedback is more, more frequently, smaller, because too many managers wait until there's a big deal. And this podcast, the grace period, how long you would, how many instances you have to see before you talk to somebody about something is part of that. If you think feedback is something that happens every year, heaven forbid you think there could be a grace period. Oh, I'll only mention that next year in his annual review. So 
if you're coming to us for the first time and you don't know a lot about us, I encourage you to go back, listen to our guidance on the Trinity, one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, and delegation, or if you just want to know about feedback, about how to talk to your directs about their performance, how to have performance communications, which is the second most important thing a manager does to deliver results, um, I encourage you to go back to listen to the casts on feedback, of which this is a part. That's important. There's a lot of people yeah. who may not have some ba- the background necessary to understand this guidance. Yeah, good. So basically, this is our guidance on how long you could or should wait before you give negative feedback to a direct in terms of the number of instances of the mistake you would have to see before you'd say something. Right. The person's late to a meeting or yeah. the person makes a mistake on a report or they miss a deadline. Miss a deadline. Yeah. Or or they don't include something in a presentation or they leave out an appendix in the report or they fail to do some calculations that are necessary for some other work that's being done elsewhere. Lots of managers wait until there's a pattern of mistakes, okay, before they give feedback or correct a direct. That's a mistake. The longest grace period we recommend is one instance. So if Mike's my boss and I make a mistake, if you want to allow a grace period, if Mike wants to allow me, hey, I'll give him that one free. It's a pass. No problem. That's fine. But the next time Mike sees a similar mistake, we recommend he say something. We don't recommend waiting one time. We will tell you it's okay if you want to do that. We actually recommend none, but if you want to wait until the second instance of something, that's fine, but please don't wait until there's a pattern. We've got four points to cover. First of all, and I've already really covered it, you don't have to give any grace period at all. The idea that grace period is necessary is ludicrous, doesn't exist. Allowing a grace period of one instance, one mistake is fine. If you really feel that it helps you build your relationship with someone, fine. Whatever you do, if you wait until the second instance of a mistake or an error, don't go back and give feedback on both instances. That wipes out the idea that you could call your oversight of the first one without saying anything grace. Grace would be forgiveness and would imply that the first one never happened, even though you both know that it did. And a longer grace period, a longer than one, will create different problems for you, and we don't recommend you do that. That starts to become a pattern, and patterns are harder to change. Right. Well, let's do something. It's not in the show notes, and we didn't talk about it. Okay. But, you, but at the beginning, you addressed some of the concerns relative to folks who haven't been listening to the podcast and may not understand how we think about feedback. So okay. in my experience, one of the things that is surprises folks more often than not is how simple feedback is. And to be clear, folks, when we, we talk about feedback, we're not talking about butt chewings, right? We're talking about yeah, I know. feedback in the managed tools model. So without getting into the entire model, I'm not asking you to do that, but you could you give an example, one example of how feedback sounds? Sure. So Mike works for me, guys. I'm his manager. He's an individual contributor. He's a software developer. I'm a software development manager. We have a code review this morning at 9 a.m., Let's say Mike's third on the agenda, so it isn't really to be there until 9.30, but it's an all-hands meeting. It's a code review. It's 9 a.m. I start the meeting. 9 a.m., welcome, everybody. Thanks for being here on time. I notice Mike's late, and at the end of the meeting, a couple hours later, as we're walking out, I realize I have a moment to say something quickly and privately to Mike, and I take him aside. I said, hey, Mike, can I give you some feedback? 
Uh, and by the way, we're not do- I'm not doing this in front of anybody else. Nobody else can hear the conversation. They can see that he and I are talking, perhaps. We're not in my office. We're not ensconced in a cubicle somewhere with a door with, or, or an office with the door closed where we're in complete privacy. That's ludicrous. And I say, hey, can you give some feedback? Sure. When you're late to the code review, it slows us down and um, sends a bad message. Can you do that better next week? Sure, boss. That's it. Now, how long did that take? Five seconds. Yeah, that's, folks, that's it. That's all we're talking about. That's the that's end of the conversation. Feedback. That's all there is. Okay, so let's just get out of our head. It's, it's a butt chewing or anything remotely resembling a butt yeah. chewing. A great deal of the failure of managers to give feedback today is lack of understanding, lack of knowledge, fear of doing it wrong. If you've tried to give feedback before and you didn't do it that briefly, that easily, by the way, hopefully already having built some sort of professional trusting relationship with your directs by spending time with them. But if you have tried it in the past and you have said, oh my gosh, my directs push back, they don't like it and so on, so I'm not going to do it. The reason why is you did it poorly because you didn't know what you were doing. And we're not accusing you of anything. We understand it's okay to not know if somebody promotes you into management role and then doesn't tell you how to do this kind of stuff. I mean, it would be like being hired into an accountancy and then being told, by the way, we know you don't know anything about P&Ls, you know, because we didn't check for that. We didn't check whether you had an accounting degree or not. We just think you'd be good in the role. And so create the P&L, the profit and loss statement for the month. And you'd say, well, I don't know how. I'll tell you, if that was your role, somebody would spend time telling you how. The problem is in management, the skills required for management are not taught in any individual contributor role to any great degree around managing and leading people. So when we're talking about this grace period, we're talking about that kind of feedback, feedback about small things. If you have a fundamental problem, if you're listening for the first time or early and you have a fundamental problem with the idea of giving feedback early and often and on small things because you think that's micromanagement or something, we can't educate you on everything we've said in the last 10, almost 11 years now in our guidance. We can tell you we have a lot of data that proves that we're right. Um, It's what directs want. It makes it way easier for managers to do. And again, why would you know what the right thing to do is? And if you're a little bit thin-skinned, pardon me for saying so, and you don't like getting negative feedback, Mike and I are often accused, me even more than Mike, of being the bearer of bad news. Well, let me give you some bad news. Your lack of interest, your discomfort with negative feedback is of no concern to the organization. The organization that you are in expects you, demands of you that you be open to and be willing to address all negative feedback. Now, there are only certain people that ought to be giving it to you and so on, but there is a huge problem with feedback today and that people don't handle it well. And manager tools guidance on that is the managers ought to be the first one to solve that by delivering it in such a way that less and less people over time will have a problem receiving it. But it is a part of organizational life. If you're not getting negative feedback, somebody's not doing their job. If you're not talking to your directs, in language that they could repeat to us and they and you and I would all agree that they got negative feedback as a, uh, if you're not doing that, then they're not getting enough negative feedback. If you say to your directs, hey, I would have liked that to gone better. Just thought I'd say something. That's not negative feedback. It's not. That's you not doing your job. And it's okay. 
we're not trying to put you on the spot. We're simply saying nobody's ever taught you this, this, this stuff. And that's why these podcasts, that's why this guidance exists. You know, for those who've been listening a long time, um, they've probably heard it. And the vast majority of them are probably going, ah, it's a good review, right? Because this is, like you said, this is the second most important thing a manager does. Yeah. The first one, building relationships, right? So, yeah, um, which is all about one-on-ones. As an old friend of mine once said, the things that go without saying often need to be said. Exactly. Let's talk a little bit about not having to give any grace period yeah. at all. Because I think that sounds rough to some people, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of you are sitting out there and it's completely okay that you feel this, that if you see a direct make a mistake, you have to forgive the first one and you're not. And forgiveness means you don't say anything about it. Folks, that's just not so. In other words, if you think there should be a grace period, and maybe that's in part because you want one, okay, it's not so. In fact, devoid of everything else, organizational theory says anytime there is a mistake, by definition, the mistake should be communicated. Um, so in organizational theory, which is devoid of human emotions and the vagaries of day-to-day -day life as, a, as an imperfect human, uh, the organizational theory says, of course, everyone always gets negative feedback on everything that they make a mistake on. We're not recommending that. But if you think that somehow the rule is everybody gets a grace period, you've been misled. There is no such rule. Now, we're not saying that you can't have one. In fact, we're going to tell you in a minute, you can have one. You can provide a grace period to your directs. Okay, but if you're thinking there's supposed to be one that you have to, that it's somehow better, there's no evidence of that, depending upon who you, whom you ask. Some people appreciate getting a pass, and some people don't want one at all. And by the way, for the record, some of our data on mistakes and giving feedback, and if you're a manager about being forgiving, our data about some of this stuff is based on managers who do one-on-ones who know their directs have a good relationship with them and so on so we've never tested the idea of a grace period of not giving feedback with someone who doesn't care doesn't know doesn't spend time with their directs yeah all bets are off if you're not if you're not doing yeah that. exactly who know who i i can't predict what would happen in that situation uh, well actually i can predict it'll be random and ineffective <laughs> <laughs> it'll be bad that's yeah, all. yeah good but okay, let me, let me, let's, let's put a test case out here. Let's suppose you personally did something wrong. You did your best and it turned out not good enough. And for the record, folks, when you think about performance mistakes on the part of your directs, keep in mind, they're just like you in that when they make a mistake, they meant well. And the way I prove that to you is ask you, when was the last time you made a mistake? And did you intentionally do it wrong on purpose? The answer is no. So if that's the case, then that's certainly true for your directs. People don't go around intentionally trying to screw things up. That's why we have a podcast called and guidance called Assume Positive Intent. But let's suppose you made a mistake. You failed to achieve the required objective, the required objective that was set for you. You know your boss knows. In other words, you missed the deadline of noon Friday and he sent you an email. Where's your stuff at two o'clock on Friday? So you know you were wrong. He knows you were wrong. You didn't do what you're supposed to do. And you know he knows. And I'm going to go even further. And he knows that you know. <laughs> so it's very clear. Okay. And your boss doesn't say anything. 
That's the situation. The question here is, is that good for you? Are you okay with that? If you're the kind of person who thinks that your boss's silence is judgmental or dismissal of you or a lack of caring, right? I don't, I don't care. That guy's an idiot and he always messes up anyway. I'm not going to say anything because it'll never, never do any good anyway. You'd probably prefer your boss say something. And if you think your directs are similar to you, and many, many managers do, but mostly those are managers who haven't spent time getting to know them and understanding the differences, you'd probably then want to avoid a grace period for them because you're going to make the mistake of managing everybody the way you'd want to be managed. But if, if in fact, you were right that they were that way, they were like you, they would appreciate your candor. So no grace period. Now, having said that, I want to make another aside to what Mike alluded to before about the delivery of feedback and the example we gave about our model. Folks, if in fact you decide to be candid, candor doesn't have to be rude or impertinent or inappropriate. You'll always do better, except in cases of really egregious mistakes, which transcend feedback and become, yes, we actually have to sit down and say something significant to you because this is the kind of thing that is going to be mentioned in your review eight months from now. But you'll always do better in normal circumstances with typical negative feedback about small day-to-day things um, to be forgiving and polite in your tone if you do say something to your directs. And we'll say it again, there's plenty of guidance out there that we already put out about how to deliver feedback in a pleasant way. So you don't have to. You can do it. You can give feedback right away. You may be that kind of person. That's fine. There's no proof to the rumor that there has to be a grace period. And if you got that because one of your directs said, well, gosh, I only made the mistake one time. I real, you know, it's the first time I've ever done this. I made a mistake. You don't have to feel wrong that you decided to give them some brief, pleasantly delivered, not confrontational, brief negative feedback about their mistake, about their miss, about their fail, about their lack of achieving the required objective. Right. You don't have to feel bad. Probably what's happening, particularly if you're if you're giving the feedback to somebody who's who's somewhat young, somewhat inexperienced in the professional world, they've never been given direct negative feedback. Even if they got bad grades in college, it always came through a grade report. There aren't that many people who actually have to go to the professor and the professor sits down with them and tells them how poorly they did. And reading comments on a test paper or on an essay is not as personal or some would say as invasive as a boss who controls your addiction food clothing shelter actually saying to you, hey, when you do that, it's it's not that good. But the person who pushes back and says, wow, you didn't, you know, gosh, I, I know it. To a great degree, that's their own insecurity. The fact that somebody doesn't like it doesn't mean it's not your obligation to do so. Again, it would be way easier if you'd built a relationship with them and they know that you're a trusting, good person who has their best interests at heart and is trying to balance those interests with the needs of the organization at all times. But still, if somebody pushes back, if a 25-year-old, no offense, 25-year-olds, don't get me wrong, I was 25 once, I was pretty good at my job and I was dumb about a lot of things, and I assume you are too. If you don't think you're dumb about a lot of things when you're 25, you're really dumb, okay? No offense, because... 
that was my experience. I'm 50, Mike and I are 55 now. We think we've learned a thing or two. And we don't want you to have to learn it the hard way the way we did. But look, if one of your directs pushes back kind of hard, that doesn't mean you're not doing the right thing. That's right. And by the way, folks, you know the feedback model. It's really easy to answer that question, right? If somebody pushes back, just get this out of the way. If they push back, you can simply say, ah, you're right. All right, forget about it. No problem. You still gave them yeah, the feedback. Yeah, forget about it. Let it go. <laughs> you gave them the feedback, and you don't control their behavior. They control their behavior. You have a, When you say, hey, can you do that better next time? And they get all frustrated in front of you and a little bit angry and push back. You say, you know, maybe let's talk about it some other time. No worries. But now they know you've asked them to do something better next time. As long as they change their behavior and they meet their deadline uh, or they do what they're supposed to do, the feedback achieved its purpose. The purpose of feedback is to change in the event of negative feedback. The purpose of negative feedback is to change future behavior, not to revisit the past, not to upset people, not to allow the direct to push back and have a conversation. These places that tell you every single time your directs make a mistake, you need to sit down and understand why they did it. Ludicrous. Guys, there are people who say that and they're all professors who don't have directs. And it is a theoretically great model that doesn't actually work because no manager actually does it because nobody has time because everybody's too busy. Okay, so that all said, allowing grace period of one instance is fine. It's fine. Yeah, there's no hard and fast rule. The reason I put this guidance out was the number of people who think there is a hard and fast rule that one instance is a hard and fast rule. It's not, it's just not true. There is no hard and fast rule about allowing somebody a grace period when they make a mistake. You don't have to. Having a thought of one mistake is no big deal, you get a pass is fine. So if you want to do that, if you believe somehow that makes you a better manager, if you want credit for forgiving your directs, particularly when they know that you're choosing not to say them, say something to them. And you could even you could even choose to make this public by saying, guys, if I see you make a mistake and you know I saw you and I don't say anything, I'm assuming it's the first time you did it and you get a pass. You know I know. You know it was a mistake. I expect you to do it again. Now, the problem, of course, with that is there are directs who have perhaps different interests than you at different times, and they see you seeing their mistake, and they don't realize you would have given negative feedback, and now they somehow feel that what they did might have been okay. That's the problem with allowing a grace period of one instance. But I have yet to figure out a way to convince managers that less grace period is better, provided you have a good relationship and provided you deliver the feedback in an appropriate and non-confrontational, non-judgmental way. But let's go back to our previous example. Let's go back to supposing about that mistake we talked about earlier. You made a good effort and it turned out not good enough. Again, you failed to achieve the required objective. You know your boss knows, so you know you were wrong and he knows you were wrong as well, okay? And you know he knows, and again, he knows that you know. Everybody knows everything. And your boss doesn't say anything. If you're the kind of person who thinks your boss's silence is forgiveness and a grace period and a pass, but awareness that you made a mistake and awareness that you're a good person and awareness that you are going to be diligent in fixing it, and you think your directs are like you, then maybe you choose to offer that grace period to your directs. And guys, please understand, we don't think there's anything wrong here with an attitude of forgiveness. 
Okay, organizational theory does not suggest that a manager can't forgive. In fact, if you can't forgive, you're not going to last very long as a manager unless you're a genius and the owner. If you see the grace period of I'm going to overlook that first instance as a form of forgiveness, that's fine and even a bit commendable, honestly. Now, I want to be clear here. We've already suggested this. There are two reasons why if you ask us to choose for you, we'd recommend you not have a grace period. But again, not a hard and fast rule. The first reason is that the first mistake you forgive during the grace period is only the first mistake that you're aware of. It's entirely possible this is the third or fourth instance of similar sort of failure or weakness, even if it is the first one you're aware of. And the problem with that is now we're talking about the third or fourth instance, and that's a pattern. And the whole point of more frequent, smaller, more direct feedback is the elimination of patterns because patterns become habits and habits are hard to break. That's right. And if you think you observe all the mistakes your people make all the time, you're crazy. No, you're. I'd say the odds are if you observe the mistake, it yeah, is absolutely crazy. not the first time. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, that, yeah. Take it from a couple of old guys. The second reason is when we ask professionals, all around the world, everywhere in the world we go, every continent in the world, I've said before, other than Antarctica because they don't have budget, everywhere we've tested our work, when we ask professionals whether they want more or less feedback, 99 plus percent want more. They're starved for feedback. Having an opportunity to give feedback to directs who want it and passing it up seems like a missed opportunity, not a gift of forgiveness. The forgiveness you should assume you're getting is the fact that you're unaware of the other events and you're forgiving them, even if you found out much later. And in fact, in our other guidance about waiting, we say if something happened more than a week before and it was not significant, don't bring it back up. And by the way, if you want to show forgiveness, you don't have to have a grace period. You can give the feedback on the first instance that you see, and you can deliver the feedback with a tone of forgiveness. In fact, you could even say, if the direct pushes back, say, you know what, I'm sorry, I probably just did that wrong. I apologize. I forgive you. No worries. I did have one direct, Mike, I will tell you a number of years ago. I said to him, hey, all's forgiven. No worries. He says, you don't have the authority to forgive me. <laughs> like, and I thought to myself, do you really think you're winning this argument? Do you really think that? You're just proving to me that you're deeply insecure. Reminding me that I'm not God. Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Good. Yeah, great. And you're proving to me that you're deeply insecure, that it's going to be difficult for me to have conversations with you, and I have two choices. I can choose not to have conversations with you, which then means I'm not doing my job, and now I'm at risk in order to protect your delicate sensibilities, or I can give you more so we can get through this sooner and have more conversations about it, which is, of course, exactly what I did. So. Yeah, not surprising. Yeah, um, not surprising. Let's talk about the mistake that I see most of the time. When people give, managers give a grace period, what they do is, oh, they see it once, they remember it, because um, they're obviously keeping track. Of, oh, they keep it track. in their head. It's in their head constantly. It's yeah. absolutely in their head. And then they're looking for the next time. And the next time comes up, the conversation starts with one they don't, most managers don't use the feedback model, unfortunately. But when they do give feedback, they want to talk about both instances. They want to talk about the pattern that's now be established. Once again, Mark, you yeah. did X, right? Yeah. 
Oh, exactly. It's a killer. Yeah. It's really bad. That's how you ruin it because that's, that's not a grace period. You want credit for forgiving the first instance and giving somebody a pass. Until they do it a second time. But when you mention both times, it's as if you're saying to them, I can forgive the first instance, but I will take away my, my forgiveness of you in the event you make the same mistake. Well, that's not forgiveness. That's akin to putting somebody on probation for the first that's crime. That's right. Versus telling them they're innocent. And people don't want to feel they're on probation. As managers, guys, we don't, there's enough going on. We don't need to be carrying around in our head who's on grace period, who's about to have forgiveness removed. And how long do you carry that on? Suppose somebody misses a Friday deadline. I'm just making this up. And you decide to give them grace and forgive them. Fine. And you don't say anything. That's part of the grace period. And then next Friday they make it. They meet the deadline. But the Friday after that, they miss. When you talk to them, are you to say, and you missed two weeks ago as well? Now, I will tell you, there are some managers, particularly in the technical world, in my experience, um, for those of you who are disc aficionados, the people who are more high D, high Cs, less, less people focused, more task focused, more logical, linear, rational, and so on. Part of the reason they wait for a pattern or for a, the beginnings of a pattern is they want the weight of evidence on their side. Guys, the problem with that is you're approaching feedback, not from an organizational perspective, but from an argumentative perspective of you want to be able to win the argument. You want the weight of evidence on your side. This is not an argument. It is you not doing your job. And very few people like the idea of they miss once, they get it right the next time, and then they come back the third time and they miss it, and you're going to bring up the first and third while not mentioning the second or attempting to brush it aside as well the pattern is the first and third having nothing to do with the second we've tried that it just doesn't work when this has happened to me a long time ago my my reaction was well obviously i was in trouble you just chose not to tell me about it but in your head yes i was in trouble yeah. so now you're telling about me about it weeks later when it happened the second time and my first question is like well what are the other things i'm in trouble for that i don't know about? exactly Great point, dude. And obviously, I'm in trouble. So now I have to approach my manager as I'm always in some form of trouble. I'm just, he's, he's using it strategically, politically, tactically, somehow, potentially against me. Well, what do I start doing? I start covering up, right? That's right. And I reduce the chances that I can get in trouble, which means less work, less risk, less chances, less, less communication, less. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Less goodness. Less goodness, exactly, yeah. Knowing a direct made it a mistake and allowing it to pass and then coming back to it later is a problem is destructive to your relationship with your direct in our experience. So there's an easy solution here, guys. When a direct makes a similar mistake again, only mention the second instance when you speak to them. If you choose to give a grace period, which means the direct is aware you've chosen not to say anything, it's as if the first one never happened. You deliver the feedback on the second instance as if it's the first. You don't say this is the first. You just simply refuse to even address that there was a first instance. And that's important because the absence of any discussion of the first one is what forgiveness involved in the grace period implies. But guys, what's important is your direct knows it's their second instance. And you not mentioning the first means you really had forgiven them. You really had put it behind you. They know it's their second. They know you know. 
but you're mentioning the one time. I got to tell you, it's a classy move. And the exact opposite of saying you have a grace period, but then mentioning both mistakes when the second one happens, because that's not a grace period. That's just deferred adjudication. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so let's go, let's go in the opposite direction. Let's talk about, what about a longer grace period? What problems does that create? Yeah, Mark and Mike said a grace period is okay. I've always done a grace period, not because I knew what I was doing, but okay. So maybe I should do more. If you're thinking a little bit of a grace period is a good thing, so maybe a lot of a grace period is a great thing, guys, think again. When your direct knows they messed up, you not saying something for several instances, several instances of their mistakes, can be taken a number of ways, and very few of those ways are good. You want the direct maybe you're thinking that you're just letting things work, letting them work things out or that you're trusting them. But that's not true if the pattern continues and you can foresee a time when you have to have a serious conversation with them when you finally sit down. When you do, it's going to be a serious talk. You'll probably say a word like consequences or there'll be some somberness to the discussion. When you do this, your waiting is not seen as compounded forgiveness or trust. In fact, it begins after there's a pattern and the boss isn't saying anything. It's either benign neglect, which very few people like, or it's seen as I'm actually uncomfortable talking to you about this, so I'm going to wait until I simply can't avoid it. Or even worse, you're out to get me. Because that's the only rational yeah. oh, reason gosh, in my head yeah. why you'd wait. You're building a case to get me out of here. Yeah. And when you actually talk to me, I won't have any place to go. And in my mind, what I do when a boss did that to me, and it, it, it's happened to me before, I lost complete respect for the boss that they weren't going to talk to me until they could drop a pile of bricks on me. Like, really? You're not, you don't care about me. You only care about protecting your winning of the argument when it actually has to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's about you. It's not about me. It's about, it's about you and your anger. And yeah. If you were, as a, as a person engaged in a pattern of three, four, five, six mistakes, if it were just forgiveness or trust, the talk you would have after those numbers mistakes would sound just like one you would give after one to two. But a serious talk takes away all the forgiveness you hope to imply by, quote, trusting them and, quote, letting them figure it out. You hadn't trusted them at all. You had been looking. You had been watching. You had trusted them to figure it out, but every single time their bet was being raised to the point where they wouldn't be able to pay the debt. If you allow a pattern to appear, which causes you to have a more serious talk than some brief feedback, the time in which that pattern is happening isn't a grace period. A grace period is by definition very short, one instance at most. And as we said before, patterns are harder to unlearn than one-time mistakes. I don't want to wait five or six times and have one of my directs go, I knew you knew. Why did you wait this long? Well, I was hoping you'd figure it out. Well, I didn't know what to do. And since you weren't talking to me, I figured I couldn't ask you any questions. Now, you say to yourself, well, you know, that's not what I meant. Well, it's not unreasonable for the direct to draw those conclusions. And look, the pattern's already happened, so we have a bunch of misses. The pattern takes longer to break, so it takes longer for the person to get back on track. Again, to say nothing of the fact that there were a bunch of mistakes that had to be fixed every single time, all of which takes time, and everybody says they're so darn busy all the time. How do we have time to fix everything and have a manager watch people continue to make mistakes? Interesting from a selfish standpoint, from the manager's selfish standpoint, yep. is I'm, yep. I'm going to forego giving what is a six 
second or 10 second at most piece of feedback. That's why I wanted you to give the example at the beginning of this cast. It's six seconds. Yeah. It's 10 seconds. It's easy. It's done. And, and you're going to trade that off four or five times, maybe say a minute's worth of conversation over the period of months. You're going to trade that off for now a half an hour discussion, an hour dis- discussion about the big problem and the pattern. I just doesn't make any sense. And it's actually even worse than that, right? Because the hour discussion, it follows a period of numerous minutes over the previous weeks or days or months, which you've been thinking about this, thinking about this, thinking about it, talking about it to your spouse and so on. Whereas when you give feedback in the moment fairly quickly, you don't have to think about it. You memorize a way of doing it. It takes five or six seconds. You don't have to think about it again. But that hour is probably 10 hours in terms of angst and worry. The emotional content of it is crazy, yeah, right? Draining. I mean, you're, if, if you've watched something go bad over a period of months and you're probably gonna have a conversation about it, you're angry. I defy anybody to give me an example of them seeing it over and over and over again. And then when they have the conversation, they have it in the polite, pleasant tone that we would normally get feedback in. Just doesn't happen. Yeah, just doesn't happen. Yeah, so guys, don't think that more grace over time leads to more forgiveness, because it doesn't. So guys, you don't have to have any grace period at all. If you want to have one instance, give a grace period of one, that's okay. Uh, We would not recommend it, but we understand why you would do it, and that's okay. As long as you don't go to two or three or four or ten, don't, if you give a grace period of one, give feedback on both instances, implying some dark tendency toward a pattern that could be a problematic, and we certainly don't want to allow patterns. Because, look, you can overlook a single mistake and you can call it grace. You don't have to, but you can. But no more than one and no going back to the earlier instance. By doing this, you reduce the harder to fix patterns and you're going to build goodwill when you do it. Simple. Awesome. Thanks, my friend. Enjoyed it immensely. You bet, partner. All right. See you later. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long. This podcast was produced by Manager Tools. Manager Tools creates actionable management guidance every single week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face as a manager or professional, go to www.manager-tools.com. Search for Manager Tools on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.